Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome along to another Far Post Perth podcast in association with Outside 90. My name is Neil Sherwin and I'm delighted to be joined once again by the dynamic duo of Donna and Blaine. Guys, what's happening? Neil, how you going? Good evening, gentlemen. Just making America great again today, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've come suitably dressed in an NLS shirt, so properly attired for the occasion. <laughs> um, we're in the Elephant the Wheelbarrow in Norbridge. This is the third time I've been here in two weeks. It's starting to become a habit. Not necessarily a good thing, but they're kind enough to host us for the podcast, and they've had a, they've had a little bit to celebrate recently with the Glory fans in to watch some away games. Although the the last road trip against Brisbane didn't go quite as well as the Melbourne City game before that, we're going to look at all of the A League action, and obviously the main focus will be on Perth Glory. We'll have a chat about the W League and move on to some other business, including the Socceroos' trip to Thailand, which is being attended by our very own Blaine. So lots to get through. Um, We'll kick things off with the Perth Glory home game against Western Sydney Wanderers last weekend at NIB Stadium. A two-all draw, Glory conceded early, they rallied to go 2-1 up and then conceded an equaliser. Um, I was at the game, while I enjoyed it in terms of entertainment value, I thought it lacked quality throughout. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, it was, it was very cagey, which I think um, prevented... Um, a lot of the, the quality football. There was a lot of pressure by both sides um, when they weren't on the ball. Um, I don't think um, a lot of our guys that we know to be very good on the ball were. I think Castro had a couple of, uh, yeah, lost the ball a couple of times and his touch wasn't as well as what we we do know that he can be. Um, Besides that, I mean, the early goal kind of, um, well, early two goals um, kind of set it up to be, I mean, it could have turned into a proper proper goal fest uh, beginning like that. 2-2, um, two, two, probably a little bit disappointing. I think most people would see Western Sydney as a side this year that we should be beating, um, if not convincingly, at home. Um, it seemed to have a little bit of the feel, uh, same kind of feeling as the the match against Central Coast, um, so I think the I think the punters walked away a little bit um, bemused, as we saw in the fan reaction video. Donna, you would have gauged all that. Yeah, um, I think the the game started off really well, very fast paced, and um, I was happy to be there and watch some really good football. It it started to die down in the second half, as you mentioned. Castro wasn't. Um, at his best on the weekend, which I think impacted the game, um, the soul of the game that the guys played. I just want to quickly mention that Mitch Nichols got man of the match, which I, no disrespect to him, I think is a load of crock because I think it should have been Josh Risden. I thought he had an unbelievable game on the weekend. Risden's off a glory man of the match. Yeah. So, um, so the Alex Tobin. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why Mitch Nichols did. Um, again, no disrespect to him, but I thought Josh Risden was unbelievable on the weekend. 
but not much else to say about the game. Yeah, a lot of the fans were pretty gutted that he ended up in a draw, thinking that anyone that comes over here to play the Glory NIB should win. The Glory should win. But hey, um, they didn't take their chances. A couple of um, Glory's off-season signings got their first starts. We got to see Joseph Mills at left-back and Milan Smiljanic in midfield. Mills came out at left-back for Mark Warren, who didn't have the best of days against Brisbane Roar. Uh, it took him a while to get going, I thought, but probably in the last 20 to 25 minutes, he was probably Glory's most effective player in terms of pushing forward from the back and trying to create an overload on the left-hand side. Uh, he was unceremoniously hacked down by Brendan Santalab um, towards the end for, in, a, in, a, in a cynical challenge. Now, I have no problem with smart fells when you're trying to defend a, a point, a valuable point away from home. But I think Santalab went a little bit over the top and... Uh, could have seen red for it. It was a very dangerous challenge. But playing just on Mills, do you think he offered more than than Warren and a bit more dynamic in ter- in terms of his ability on the ball? Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Mills, especially that second half, as you said. Um, that tackle from Santa Lab was oh. disgustingly cynical. And it's not the first um, time Santa Lab. No, he's done it like against that, Adelaide so... in a week, and he's starting to create a bit of a reputation for himself. Starting, is that <laughs> Well, it's, yeah. it's come up a lot more in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, no, yeah. that was... Um, it uh, was a red card. Oh, well, I, I assumed it could have been because he had, he missed the ball by about a metre. Yeah, he was gonna he get, baffled me. I don't know what the ruling is these days on tackling from behind and this and that, but it, I mean... It's, it was, more, it's more so that it's reckless and, and potential to endanger. Yeah, so I think it could have fallen into the red card category. However, given the referee's overall performance on the day, I wasn't particularly surprised to see him only dish out a yellow. I thought it was an average at best, if we're being kind, showing by the ref, but that's something we come to expect these days. Yeah, yeah, well, it's been up and down on the refereeing um, throughout the the last few weeks, yeah, um, specifically. Um, Back to to Mills, I think he possibly will um, keep that spot at left back. I think he just offered more getting up the park than what Warren has. Um, Warren was um, very, very leaky against Brisbane. Um, he seems to get caught ball watching a lot of the time too. There doesn't, and whether that's a lack of communication um, yeah, it could be that, with the centre halves, or... or I'm not sure what it is, but I think I think Mills should cement that spot. Um, yeah, at fullback. So Warren was completely dropped out of the squad. Which sends a message to him, I would well, say. <laughs> well, yeah. It was a bit surprising that he wasn't there at all, considering Larry didn't make the bench either. But I guess when you had Reese Williams and Rostin Griffiths, oh, I know Ross, Rostin has played at centre-half before, so there was potential there to use one or both of them if a, a defensive change was needed. And, and you could have put Alex Grant to left-back. So, you know, I, I think... Having a specialised left back on the bench when you have players in the squad that could cover that role would have been a bit of a waste. Even Risden has played at left back when required. So if he, if he was going to be dropped, I'm not particularly surprised to see that he missed out altogether because you've only got four outfield subs. Do you want to restrict yourself to a player that can only play in one position? Probably not. So did Rosson start on the bench purely for precaution because of the week before? Is that that's what the it assumption. was? That's the assumption, yeah. I think that's the line. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it was the. Because um, he wasn't. Concussion, a concussion injury, or yeah, whether yeah. it was um, a, another kind of niggle that he had. There was talk of him having a neck problem after the Melbourne City game, so maybe that didn't. That they didn't, did, so. yeah. They did mention a bit of whiplash in the okay. commentary once Fair it enough. happened. Yep. So I'm not, yeah. 
played oh. Riding Come On. Yeah. yeah. Well, one man who did play in midfield was uh, Milan Smiljanic. She was the first proper look at him. Um, he, apart from what we saw him in the FFA Cup, I'm not really counting that because they were still in pre-season mode. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he grew into the game as well, a bit like Mills was better in the second half. Um, I would like to see him trying to control the play a little bit more and dictate it, going from right to left, because I think he has the ability when he gets on the ball. Um, but I think, yeah, we didn't. We, we saw a player who was playing his first full game. I think. Yeah, he seems a little bit um, defensive-minded. Um, rather than a push-up and attacker. and Yeah, I feel like he rushed himself on the ball a bit. And again, I think that's because... Yeah, I, I still think that link with Castro kind of gets lost because Castro tends to drift out wide a lot of the time. Um, and I'm wondering whether pushing up someone like a Joseph Mills to a left, uh, a left midfield position would yeah, keep Castro more centrally... Yeah. Uh, almost you, central. You come to a point, and it was something I was going to ask. We come to the the Marinkovic conundrum because he's a passenger on the left hand side, and that's how we started on, on on Sunday. He played as the the left side of of the midfield with Smoljanic and Brandon Wilson central, and uh, Adam uh, sorry Chris Harold on the right. So you're you're effectively playing with a narrow four on the left hand side, and that's why Castro tends to. to drift to the left to compensate for that lack of natural width. So as you say, if you're playing a natural outside player, it would allow um, Castro to stay more central and support the striker. The issue is, what do you do with Marinkovic? Because we've seen that he's he can, he's scored goals already this season, got two in the league, um, both from open play, and he's delivered a couple of fantastic set pieces. You lose that from the team if you take him out altogether. Having said that, he doesn't really have the engine or, or the, the motivation for 90 minutes in the central of the park. So can you afford to have a player in there who might not put it in as much as the likes of Griffiths or the Smiljanic even is a, is a bit of a workhorse. Wilson has gotten around the pitch really well. So where does he go? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got to admit, I've been really um, impressed with Marinkovic and his set pieces this year. They've been top-notch, probably the so best in the league. And I'm pretty um, harsh on him. But he does go missing. That's that. That's in my open play. Exactly. He does go missing. Um, but he seems to. He's popped up when we've needed him this year. Oh, um, that free kick was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, just his delivery, as Neil said, it was in yeah, in open play. Uh, sorry, from the set pieces. Um, what do you do? I don't know. It's a it's a headache for for Kenny and Andy Orr, definitely. Um, I don't think you would drop him by any means. I think that he's very valuable to the team. We've seen it with his free kicks and so forth. Do we have someone else that well, we, someone else well, that we can did, do that? Well, I guess Castro from a, a direct free kick kind I, of scenario. Yeah. But um, So the, the issue is, right? He's wasted if he's drifting if, out to corners. If Castro drops left, you leave a central striker on his own, effectively, because you're playing two defensive midfielders if you play Smoljanic and Wilson or Griffiths or whoever it is. You, you end up having a very isolated striker and Kyo is, is one of the best in the league for holding the ball up and bringing people into the game he's very good at it but there's only so many times you can do it when he's being crowded by two centre halves every time so we, we we saw I think at the weekend times where he was he was waiting for other people to join him and it just took a while to get there and even Castro was getting very frustrated in the second half particularly with Chris Harold on the right hand side That and, and Harold does a lot of running and a lot of work he just wasn't able to, to get there in time to capitalise on quick breaks in the second half, and I think if you if you play Marinkovic 
that creates that little problem because he's not he's not the quickest either. No. So you're, you're struggling to get a player involved who ideally you'd want as one of your most creative. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Chris Harold does work exceptionally hard down that right side. Um, he does, and I think he struggled. He didn't struggle, I should say. He worked really hard on the weekend. I think nothing eventuated because Castro did not have his best game. So it kind of ties in together. Um, there's so much that the kid can do. He runs like a work. He's yeah, constantly and he's running up back. He backs himself up, and he's constantly trying to do his 100%. His, his crosses so, have improved tenfold as well Absolutely, yeah. um, this season. Um, uh, Andy Keogh getting isolated, that's just a... Uh, it's uh, a byproduct of the system, yeah, you know, and it's yeah. going to happen when you play the way they do, but it's something that I think needs to be addressed, especially in home games, when you want to take the, the game to the opposition. You can't afford to you know, not be able to capitalise on the quick breaks when you do get them, because naturally teams play more defensive when they're away from home, so your options are, are a lot less limited, or a lot more limited. So, yep. you know, and then it leads us into the next talking point, and a few people have been asking us to uh, to discuss this. It's where the hell is Adam Tiger? I can answer that for you. I have spoken to Tags on numerous occasions this week and saw him over the weekend, and he's just as frustrated as the fans are. He is... Bleak, you know, swearing black and blue, he is still injured. He's this niggle just won't leave him be. Um, and I could see it in his face. He's so gutted. And he said, after, I didn't get to watch the first game of the season against Central Coast, but he said that he was, he had an absolute blinder. He was great. He oh, it was fantastic that first half. He thought yeah. that this was going to be the season for him. And I just said to him, look, you know, what's going on? He thought he was going to be back for the Western Sydney game, and he just said he was not up for it. He just he couldn't even be named. They're hoping to welcome him back this week. It's a hit and miss at the moment for the poor kids. So I know some of the fans are trying to say that there's something else going on there. Yeah, the reports out of the club yeah. that I've heard was that it's an injury that's just yeah. not responding it's just like not they're expecting. The treatment at yeah. the moment. They're doing the best they can for him, and he's trying to rush it because he just wants to get back on the pitch. But if he rushes it... There's, it's going to be long term. So you're, yeah, no you're point. also dealing with a player that has a very checkered injury past. Correct. So you know the the issue there is you, you you rush him back and you play him and he breaks down after 15, 20 minutes There's and in that no game point. you waste the sub, you lose him for longer. It's just not worth it. But I guess some of the frustration comes from the fact that he gets named in the squad every week in the extended squad and then drops out. Yeah. But all I would say is to people just don't believe everything you read in those Thursday squads that gets released because a lot of that is just ticking oh, a box you, yeah, sum, you have yeah. to submit if your game's on a Sunday you have to submit that list to the FFA by what Wednesday night, Thursday Wednesday. morning yeah. you know that's that's Wednesday, a fair few days between between submission and, and, and a and player being ready and that's exactly right it's you know Wednesday if it was a short turnaround for Friday you'd understand but come Sunday if he's not up for it he's not up for it so and the guys at the FFA need time to get those 21 slide galleries ready so you know <laughs> Bring us the squad news on a God Thursday. bless those 21 uh, Yeah. All right. The crowd. We had 13,290, and that was up against the um, stickball that was happening around the corner at the Wacker. Oh, it was great attendance. Um, it was nice to see. So, yeah, they got seven, stadium. just over 7,000. It was almost Wacker, it, it was almost double. Yeah. yeah it was a, that yeah. thousand. Yeah, I don't double. know my cricket, but, Neither do I, but. Well, apparently it was kind of over by then. Yeah. Having said that, the first day of the test was Thursday and they only got 12,000 or so. Uh, yeah, so, no, the um, the Australian cricket team hasn't been performing well and as, as we all know, WA loves a winner and 
this oh. and that. Um, and it was um, no knowledge of cricket. Oh, well, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> the Aussies uh, Aussies collapsed in that first uh, first innings, and it yeah just decimated from there. So um, it's still a pretty good. Comp, you know, comparison to have that the Perth Glory, the struggling WA squad that not many WA people get behind, beat well, stadium the Australian was two national thirds full. Yeah, I, I think that's very respectable considering. Absolutely. All things considered, you know, it's it's early in the season. Um, they come off the back of an away defeat, which can sometimes turn a fair few walk-ups off. As soon as Glory lose a game, people just can't be arsed. They turn it off. That's right. So. To get that amount through was really, really encouraging. Um, the other thing that I really noticed, and it made a massive difference, was the active fans. I sat in front of the shed, partly on purpose, to um, see what, what's going on this year. And it really makes a huge difference when you don't have four different chants going at the same time. The drummer can actually drum. Whoever that guy is, is, is solid. He's, he's doing a good job. Yeah, big and, shout out to uh, yeah Robbie, who was on the, on the drum these days. Um, it's great. There has been a real concerted effort for the various uh, after for the various groups to kind of come together, and there's been some differences in the past, and it's um it's really good to see people working together and this and that, and uh, you know um, a, a couple of the old kind of uh, shedites have um, welcomed the the young, more kind of progressive, modern guys in there to you know yeah, quite impressive. Um, move the move the support a little bit I, kind I of forward that so. the average age in the shed has probably come down about 25 years so <laughs> you're, you're, getting, you're getting a good mix you know an influx of the new breed and I, I don't mean that as a disrespect to the old boys but they're not going to be around forever we need new the next guys. generation in there to, to keep it going and to keep the spirit going and, and to work together as you say and well this is it, it. it was very it was, I, I, that was the first home game I've been to this season and um, it was very noticeable compared, obviously compared to last season when there was the walkout and the parterres not showing up and all that. But even to two years ago, at the time, pre-salary cap fiasco, when Glory were doing well, you still had that whole one lot singing down the far end, another lot singing in the shed, and it just sounded terrible. So yeah. the, the, yeah. it, ha it has made a massive difference to the experience, and you can see that. Yeah, no, well played to the guys. Um, seem to have put some... Um some differences behind them and yeah it seems to be for the better yeah I like squads or supporter groups do not call them cheer squads I was thinking <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to but supporter groups blasphemy, blasphemy in this realm <laughs> supporter groups coming together like that and they're there for the, for the club and for the team and they put all the all the jargon behind them and they've just come out there and it was brilliant to be there as a, a neutral just to sit there and listen to them actually chant. They could do some new chants. Um, but One step at a time, please. <laughs> yeah. but it's good, but yes, but it's good that they've come together and you know, um, they should put everyone else on notice just to do that, to remember what they're actually there for. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know. Stop with the politics and be there to I think the, on the guys. I think the initial kind of steps have been, the initial foundations have been laid now. So, I mean, at least Which there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully they can uh, maybe lose a C bomb here or there, you know, just to get a few more kids involved. It's uh, probably a simple fix. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. On the next step, but it, it's all about progress, and we've seen, you know, upwards of thirteen thousand people. The shed yeah. was full. In front of the shed was full. It was. And that's where you're going to get the bulkier noise from. So oh, just um, on another slight little tangent, I've been really impressed this year um, with the feeling around the club. There seems to be a real kind of family feel that's come back into the fold, a real kind of sense of um, ownership by the fans that there's, a, that there's a club now that they, 
they can be proud of. Them, and yeah. you know, and it seems to be a very good that's mutual. Good to Peter and the people that's, behind absolutely. The I don't see a well, there's Tony Canada sitting who's quite active on social media with his fans and so forth, but Peter's very active on there. He responds to his fans, responds to other supporters, um, he's active out out and about in the community as well. He's very hands-on and he's very well-respected over in the Eastern States and he's, he's very well-respected over here now. So credit with her, it's due. They've cleaned it up in the back room and they've done a really good job. So they should be proud of themselves. And now all it'll take is a, a few defeats and it'll all <laughs> come crumbling down. Um, we're back to where we started, but now for now it's, it's great. It's oh, positive. Well, speaking of um, potential defeats, this weekend <laughs> is uh, Sydney away. They're top of the table, won every game so far. Josh Risen's off on international duty. If I had to put uh, money on it, I'd be probably, at best, I'd be going uh, for Sydney drawn, I'll bet. Yeah, well, this is what um, I put out in the week on the Far Post Perth Twitter, that um, a loss this week could send us down to about 6th or 7th. So considering where we were and where we could have been, if we had one on the weekend, we would have been up to second. So I mean, Sydney's obviously running away with it a little bit, and the rest Five you can ahead. the rest you can put a, throw a blanket over. So um, there's some big fixtures. Five points between second and eighth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to get bunched up there. Um, they were good on the weekend against us, um, against the victory. Sorry, and. Um, Keep saying us, <laughs> like you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, they were good, but they weren't at their best, and we held them. And I think that if the Glory come out and play they, the way they played against Melbourne City, I don't think they'll have any issues against Sydney. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge loss. I think you might come more with a draw, like a one nil. I don't think there will be. I don't think you guys will lose or either be a draw or a win. Um, again, if you play the way you did against Mum City, you have no issues. Just be careful of David Carney's hands because he seems to like to score handballs. <laughs> we will definitely get onto that. I know it's probably still a score point. Yes. But uh, let's, let's turn to the women then, just for um, for a few minutes. First game of the season was after the the main men's game, um, the feature game, and then they put the women's onto it as a double header, which is a great move. Uh, two over two thousand people. I think it was two thousand and eleven. Uh, were, were still at, in NIB Stadium for that game. Glory won 4-2. They went 2-0 up. Um, Caitlin Douglas and Rosie Sutton got the, got the goals early. Then they conceded two, and Sam Kerr bagged herself a brace to seal the three points. Um, yeah, the goalkeeping from Western Sydney Wanderers, Christ. Two, of those, two absolute hellers to give Glory goals, but you, you take it. But, um, but Donna... It's an encouraging start for um, Bobby Despotovsky's side. We spoke to him last week, and he, he openly admitted that his preseason for the 2000 did they call it 2015 season? Because when was the grand final in 2016? The W League's a weird one. Are we playing yeah, what, what what season are we playing now? 16 or 17? Because the, if the grand finals in January is it the 2017 season? It's the 16 17, 17 season. season. We're going with that. Yeah, we'll I think we are. Uh, oh, okay. All right, so last year... Well, it runs in both years, doesn't it? So last <laughs> yeah. year was a 15-16, this yeah. year's a 16-17. But right. was the final so page the, in so 2016? Because so yeah? okay. two years ago, the grand final was played here before Christmas, and it was just the 2014 Fif- season. Yes, it was in the same year. It's anyway, all gone, yeah. yeah. We'll find <laughs> that out. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> really, really pointless um, tangent. Yeah, Bobby yes. came out and was very delighted with the preseason they've had this year. He also went on to say that it would 
it's, he thinks this is the best squad he's had or has. Um, and obviously with Sam Kerr coming back in, it's a very big inclusion for them. He's very impressed with the work ethic that these girls have. I mean, 4-2, which is a very convincing win over Western Sydney. Uh, upwards, onwards and upwards for these girls. First game they've got... I uh, don't know who they've got this weekend, but they're playing at Dorian... Oh, they're Brisbane Roll at Dorian Gardens. Um, Time, day. 4 p.m. on Saturday. And memberships are just $40. Yes, memberships are $40. I've signed up for mine. Have you signed up for yours? We put something out in the week on... I'm not sure. Post, I'm sure. Be, um, Payday for me is tomorrow, so I have. I'm not sure if I'll be jumping on the Glory Women's bandwagon, being a victory supporter. You're not just jumping on the female bandwagon. I don't, I don't know just yet. I don't know if I should be supporting the enemy at this stage. I need to, <laughs> I need to think about this. But seriously, go down and support. As well. Yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get down and support them. Definitely. Yeah, get down and support them. Um, it's free entry for Perth Glory. Members, it is for it? members yeah. of, yeah, I mean, oh, I think it's good that we do just go out and um, support the girls. It'd be good if they oh, actually, yeah. it'd be good if they actually had an add-on option onto your season membership if you wanted to take out a, a girls membership as well and just, just to support the club and support um, support the girls team. Yeah. yeah, go down there and you also get, if you become a member, you get 20% off at the Hyde Park Hotel, which is up the road from Dorian, so you can make it a day for yourselves. So yeah, go down there and support the I don't know, there's only one around gone, but Perth Glory are at the top of the table. So, you know, it's a start. You can go to see... It's actually got to be a first against second because Brisbane Roar are second place. So there's your incentive. Get down 4 o'clock Saturday, first v second. 4 p.m. kickoff is lovely. Weather's going to be about 23 degrees. Spot on for watching a game of football, really. Um, yeah, and it doesn't eat into your obviously hectic social Saturday nights. I'm sure Blaine will be on the tear. Oh, mate, I'd love to be there, but I'll be uh, probably sitting by a pool in Bangkok somewhere. That's right, you're off to Thailand, so we will get onto that in in the next part. But yeah, look, we'll wrap up part one there. That's Glory and the men and the women, and we'll come back with some A-League chat and the rest. You're listening to The Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. to the Far Post Perth podcast. We're going to delve into the A-League now, the rest of the games. We've already talked about Perth Glory and their uh, their past, their present and their future, uh, in the short term at least. We're going to look at the uh, round five action from the rest of the games. The big one, and I say big on purpose because we need to kill the term, the big blue. Oh, it's terrible. Burn man. it. Whoever it's is pushing that term. and trying to keep it a thing, please stop. You're me. I, I like it. Stop. Is it for charity? Is that why yeah, we call no, it it's No, it's not. It originally charity. No, is it is because they no, they actually no, they actually awarded a cup in the week on the weekend after that match. Oh yeah, we always get awarded a cup. It's, it's, called it's the, blue, the beyond, no, it's called the Beyond Blue, blue Cup. Only since 2012. Well, it well, still it's is. It's now. Called so you'd rather call it the Beyond Blue, blue Cup? Blue. Correct, and not bother with this big blue nonsense. Well, it is oh. a big blue clash, but it does sound. It's a big blue song. clash. It's a big blue clash between a team playing in blue and a team playing in their away shirt. That was Simon Hill that came up with yes, that, wasn't it? it did, yeah. Simon Hill. And they've just ran with it. It does sound amateurish, yes. It's so contrived. Anyway, right. 
Let's yes. let's go on to the Federal game itself. Between between the between the W League season and names for games, we're tackling the real issues in football. <laughs> Nothing about the distance derby. Long, no, the long, long distance. Long distance derby. Derby. Oh, it deserves to be given its proper title at least. With respect. <laughs> All right, Bechard Bruce's missed penalty, obviously the highlight. Uh, Sydney came from a goal down to win two one. Mitch Austin scored um, for victory. Then Barisha sent the ball into orbit. I back think to Albania. It might not have come back down yet. Uh, and then David Kearney came on and uh, handled. Well, he handed victory to his team. Yep. Quite literally. Literally. Yeah. And Go the for ref it. was right there to see it all. Um, it baffles me. It was a clear handball. The referee was in clear vision. Denies that he saw it happen. He thought it was an accidental. It's not. But. It is what it is. We controlled um, most of the game. There was very good, positive signs from it. But, yeah, we lost, so it's not good when you lose. I've got to admit, these people going around saying that Sydney brought the game into disrepute by getting into Barisha's face after that penalty need to have a hard look at themselves. That bloke has made a bloody career, has stolen a career out of winding people up, so he needs to be able to take it back. Yeah, no, that's just stupid. I don't know why anyone would come up with that. Yeah, the penalty was people, shocking. I don't think I've seen a penalty that bad since. People Harry love Hill. seeing that kind of thing too. They oh, love, I love a bit it. of feeling in and the game. And they got into it. And I'm a victory supporter. And he, you know, before he was with us, he was at Brisbane, and I he took it standing. very well. And he did. He does. He yeah. puts a smile on his face. He walks up because he knows that he's just I, as I bad as them. I did love the irony of Archie Thompson calling out the Sydney fans for and of course for antagonising. Oh, what a disgrace! Of all the, of all the oh, people geez. to talk about antagonising opposition. This is a guy. That used to whinge in the NSL about having to come to Perth when he played for bloody um, Gippsland. The legend of Archie Thompson. Stop, he's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that just means he's on our TV screens now. So yeah, so which is which is which the lesser of two evils. Um, but yes, so Carney got the goals. In, in fairness to him, handball aside, he made a huge difference when he came on. Uh, a complete Sydney, impact straight away. Sydney just didn't look what. As good as they had been in previous games, and yeah, if you would have said, if you would have said eighteen months ago that David Kearney, washed-up Socceroo, getting booted out of the Newcastle Jets, was going to still be having a bigger say in such a massive game, people would have laughed at you. So I think he deserves a bit of credit for the way he even, came on and changed the pace of the game completely. Even, even though he's crazy. not, he's not starting every game. He's exactly the sort of player you. you be happy to turn to come off. How old is he? He's 32, I think. 32? Yeah. So this level Still hope for me yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, but yes, there's the 100% record protected for Graham Arnold's side. So they're all good. Still sitting pretty at the top. Yeah, it was the first time, yeah, first time Sydney have beat us in 2014. So it's great. Um, Look at you clinging on to your meaningless records. Yeah. Means nothing. Uh, Thirteen <laughs> goals for one against. They're doing, they're doing quite well. Uh, we'll drift it, drift down at the second. Brisbane Roar leapfrog Melbourne City by beating them on Friday night. That was the one 0 game. Jamie McLaren got the goal in the in the first half. Um, yeah, can't comment. I didn't watch the game, unfortunately. I did Sorry. watch. I watched it here. Watched it here actually. Um, it was it was great. Five half price points from half five to half six. Football's on. You can't really say no. They so do. There's a little plug for the pub. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, is that what happened, or what was the reason why Brisbane came out and City apparently weren't as good as they? Tim Kale wasn't playing. Oh, actually, he was. We just didn't see him. 
Did you see that video in the week you. about the fan asking uh, one of the Brisbane players if he yes. could check his pocket for Tim yeah. Cahill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 on um, the Far Post Facebook page. Was it Cahill or was it Fornaroli? No, Tim Cahill. It was But, I mean, if you have a look, Brisbane tactics were very, very similar to Perth tactics couple of weeks before, yeah. they got up in their faces. Closed them they down. Were, yeah, them they pressured, pressured, pressured all day. They yeah, got a bit physical the with them. Um, the better team won. Even Tim Minchin. I mean, Luke Bratton was, um, they were giving him a fair bit of stick there for a, a bit. a very healthy so. crowd at Brisbane. 20,000. The Cahill effect. The Cahill factor. Cahill effect. And to his credit, he did stay around he after that. He stayed down for yeah, over an hour look, signing autographs. So we said on the last pod, we take the piss out of it, boys. It's great to see you. It's great to have him here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Having said that, people are going to just rip the piss when he does nothing and he's, he's ineffectual in the game and that's essentially what happened. He did. He was fairly honest, but he wasn't the, on, honest, he wasn't the only one. Um, the city as a whole were flat and they were nowhere near as good as as they have been in previous games. And I think we saw their defensive frailties um, at times. And it's it's been their Achilles heel, I think, since the, the whole name change thing, that they're a bit top-heavy when it comes to their quality. I'm going to um, have another rant. Fornaroli needs to stop trying to take the piss out of the ref. He went down. That was another one that he went down with on the weekend. That's a disgrace. That's really having a blight on the game. And there's a lot of... Um, I didn't see it. What did you do? Dive? Oh, just... It was nowhere near him. Just straight down in his straight down in his haunches, um, and there's some prominent people, non non football people, coming out on Twitter, and you know even picking up on it. And this is this is where people get pissed off with with football when this stuff happens. Um, it's not good for the game, and it's, these guys need to start getting. Uh, he gets away with it, so yeah. he continues to do it. So until someone reprimands him, he's going to continue. Well, this to is do it, it. And, and this and is it. Yeah. You know, it's not his fault that the refs aren't pulling him up on it. But it, you, as soon but as they, they're also uh, saying that Tim Cahill is a protected species at the moment because apparently he elbowed someone, then started, yeah, that, and then week started four, yeah. tackle. His studs were up and showing he shouldn't be shown a card and he wasn't. So there's so many conspiracy theories going on at the moment. It wouldn't be Melbourne the A League without conspiracy theories. I'm sorry, yes. but whatever we do in the league, what do we not live for. conspiracy theories. <laughs> it, it gets you through a slow week. Um, it's great when you read the articles all about it and then the, uh, yeah, the associated tweets. Uh, we've gone to the Mariners. Um, we all laughed at the Mariners for a few weeks and now they've kind of beaten last year's champions 2-1 in their own backyard. Connor Payne scored a lovely goal to, uh, to win the game for them. Um, and it puts Adelaide on the bottom of the table. And I know we said on the last pod as well that Adelaide did this last year and Could be early stages... <laughs> I can't I see it happening again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I don't, don't think they're in the. I don't think they're the same depth of squad that they were. I know they got Karuska back now, which is a, a big boost. But it, yeah. it makes Glory's three-three draw with the Mariners not seem quite so bad as horrible as it was. At least Lord didn't lose at home to the Mariners. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm credit to Paul Ocon. Um, he's got him up and about. Best team in the league, according to Paul Oak, huh? Oh, yeah, best team, best team in the league. Well, they well, it's proven now. They beat I last mean, year's champions, so he's, he's quite colourful with his little rants that he goes on. Best team in the league. It's very Jose Mourinho in the sense that he draws the attention to himself rather than the team. Mourinho's a great one for doing that. He used to be anyway until he started hanging his players out to dry. But Mourinho would always take the heat. It's why he's got all these suspensions and why he's always been sent to the stands. And I know Ocon's not not being that fired up in, in that regard, 
But at the same time, these comments that go public, they distract people from analysing the team to a certain extent. Um, people people see this, this soundbite and they pick up on it and that's what they run with rather than the story. Like when the Mariners got absolutely destroyed by Sydney, his line was that his team was the best, best side. side. So everyone, rather than looking at why the Mariners got hammered 4-0, were too busy trying to trying to, to talk down O'Connor on his comments. He's playing it very smart. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's um, psychology 101, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch the game again. Sorry. This is terrible. What do we I bring know. You just want to talk about victory in the home. Sorry, sorry. I didn't, um, I didn't watch it. I've got too much on at the moment. But I did see the highlights and I was happy for them because they're, they're struggling. So it's always good to see a struggling side win. Is it? Is well, it really? I, I feel bad for Central Coast because they just cop so much heat. I like Remember seeing victory struggling. I, I like seeing the glory struggle, but... <laughs> Hey. <laughs> pat on the head for the Mariners then. <laughs> yes, right. give them a pat on the back. They deserve that at least. Another team that got their first win is the Wellington Phoenix. Came. Got yes. a 2-0 victory at home to the Newcastle Jets. Uh, first goals. No, what was that first goals? No, they won 2-0. Who was their other goal against? It was an own goal, wasn't it? Was the other goal that they scored an own goal? I'm trying to refresh my memory here. But they scored two anyway. Um, everyone's... Uh, Help you on no, that one, everyone's favourite Fijian got the goals. Roy Krishna. Yep. Roy Krishna. I'm very happy for Wellington because I took them to be in the top four, and I hope this is changing, you know, changing things well, for them. Obviously, this week being another international round, um, Central Coast take them yeah. down to Canberra, and Central Coast could be on another one. Well, they're missing Glenn Moss because he's called for international duty, which means Roy WA Krishna's boy, gone to Fiji. Yeah, it means WA boy Lewis Italiano will finally get an A League. Um, game so hey let's see how they go yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting it is but they both I got just, their first wins of the season i know we talk about feeling sorry for the mariners but i feel sorry genuinely feel sorry for the knicks because they don't even get a start from the lack of an international break you know you lose so many players and you're hamstrung by that i know that that's the way it is and, and the league doesn't but, break for internationals but i reckon it should because it's not just them yeah, teams suffer from it. You and lose players. And the, the better the A-League gets, the more internationals they're going to have and the more players you're going to be missing. So at some point, it'll, it'll reach a stage where you're just going to lose too many. I mean, the fact that Kale is not going on international duty has probably saved um, FFA from a bit of a, a bit of a shitstorm because they wouldn't want him missing. Well, they might games. bring in the international for um, break for Tim Cahill. <laughs> you never Tim know. Cahill, international break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're you're trying to sell a game like Melbourne City's game this week is a Thursday game. Like, as well as the Big Blue, I hate Thursday games. So I know that we're in disadvantage living in WA, but four thirty kickoffs on a on a Thursday just doesn't work for the the average working man. So I don't get to see those ones, but. Melbourne City struggled with crowds last year on the Thursday night, um, and Thursday games in general struggled for crowds. So if you took Tim Kale out of that equation as well, because he was in international duty, they'd be rightly screwed. He'd be looking I what think they five thousand. Struggle either way. I think um, <laughs> the crowds aren't as boisterous as they thought they were going to be. So I, I, I don't think that's fair. Just on City, I think anyone in the league in the same predicament would struggle for crowds um, at that time midweek. Um, we, we certainly would here. Um, um, Australians just don't seem to do midweek football, unfortunately. They don't 
they don't get out for it. What is um, the purpose behind of having a Thursday night game? Is there a reason why they're doing that? I honestly don't know okay. the exact reasons why. Uh, I thought it would be an experiment for a year, and if you took the crowd figures and everything else, it would be a failed experiment. Right. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it is just to push the midweek football the same as the FFA Cup, and the fact that they persisted with having the FFA Cup on a midweek sure. this year after t- kind of dribbling that it was going to be a showpiece event around Australia Day, that's what it was talked about initially, and then it was going to be on a Saturday, and everyone else would have a week off, and it could be the focus, and everybody could get out right. for it, it'd be easier for fans to travel, but now they've got it on a midweek night, so... Well, uh, apparently was, tickets um, are very, very affordable, I've seen them at $20, $25 mark, so... Well, absolutely. Um, the price of last year, which is ridiculous. I just don't, don't like... Mid, Neither it's, do I. It's on midweek a, is football it on a, for a final, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure which day. It's a yeah, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's one of those days. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. You know, travelling and so forth. And I don't mind league games, but I would. I, I like generally midweek football because it's. I know we get a lot of games under lights in Perth, but in summer I would much prefer a, a midweek game as opposed to say a Sunday afternoon. You know, if that was the trade-off, if it was one or the other, I would take a Thursday night game over four o'clock on a Sunday any day. Even Sunday just gone, it was only 24, 25 degrees, but it was very warm. warm. I would have much rather, that's just me being selfish, I would much rather the Thursday, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, yeah. I would have much prefer that. But that that doesn't appeal to the majority, especially people with kids, and if it's during school. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, it does work for the Big Bash. They play majority of their games, one after the other after the other, and majority of them are midweek, and they get... Crowds. And they've got four o'clock starts in Perth and they still get a sold out <laughs> sold out whacker for it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, some of the other fixtures then this week. That's Melbourne City Jets is Thursday. Adelaide Brisbane Roars Friday. The Mariners and the Phoenix we mentioned in Canberra on Saturday. Victory and the Wanderers is probably the, the showpiece game really. Um, although there won't be any North Terrace there to cause a ruckus. <laughs> on that Saturday night and then we've got Sydney FC in Perth Glory on the Sunday not a lot of talk about North Terrace now mate uh, no now that they've gone that was the rule in their statement was yeah. they don't want anyone mentioning the North Terrace it's like Fight Club yeah the Terrace of the North first rule in no time the Judean people's front um, I'm rolling my eyes that you guys can't see me <laughs> this is the beauty of radio Just or podcasting <laughs> yes. yes so that's this week's game this week's games Let's go on to a couple of other talking points. Some of them have been sent in by our loyal listeners. We have loyal listeners. After just, just three, do we? Just three we do. We have people sending listeners. in. I thought it was my nana was the only one that listened to us. <laughs> You've got all these ex- alternative Facebook accounts that you're just posting questions <laughs> on. Signing in with them all. Um, first one is video technology in the league. The, yeah, the David Carney incident, there was a slight suspicion of Brent Santlab being offside for Wanderers, uh, equalising goal against Glory. The head of the A-League, Greg O'Rourke, says that it'll be in by the 2016-17 final series at some level. What extent that'll be, not too sure yet. Um, the A-League is one of six leagues, and some of the others include MLS and the Bundesliga that have been approved for trials. Is this a good move? Is it the right time to bring it in? Do we want stop-start? got no problem with it, and it, but it's got to work in circum, uh, certain circumstances. If the ball's already dead and in the back of the net, no problem. Got no problem with that, you know what I mean? Goal line, if it's... Um, but to stop it and pull someone up for being on offside, 
as the play is actually happening and the ball's still knocking around or whatever Will else. Will they use it for that? Or I, it... I can't. Do you know what they need to do? They need to, they need to capitalise on what Optus have been doing and putting games on delay on streams by 45 seconds. Because what happens is, goal gets scored, you can just flick on your stream and you know you're going to be 45 seconds behind because that's how technology works. Marvellous. <laughs> Marvellous. We're in. Just Genius. Get, if, you, if, you watch, if you watch Foxtel Go for the A-League, it's yeah. about 45 seconds behind. That's just right. Just have someone watching the stream, someone watching it live, bang. There, there you go. There Sorry. you go. But how does it work if you're at the stadium? Neil 101. Does it give you time to go and get a beer or what? I don't know. Well, it depends. You can actually rewind. <laughs> depends how go as well, which is great. Depends how fast you can run. It's great. But in all seriousness, the stop start is the problem for me. I don't want a minute while we're watching five or six different angles. It works in other sports. It works in NFL where you can challenge plays and you know you get you get a certain amount of challenges if you lose. They do it in RL. They do it in cricket. Yeah. Tennis has been a great one. Um, the tennis one. People have turned it into a bit of a, an event where they start doing a big build-up as the replay comes on and you, you have to see whether the ball was in and out. Um, I do think it works in, in some sports and I think a, a version of it could work in football. But where do you draw the line? This is, and this is the, the grey area. Um, they're trialling it in the final season. And I mean, let's, it would it not be better to trial it... In the FFA Cup, pre-season? Yeah, but then, in the pre-season. And then, I know, I know that sounds terrible, you know, not that saying it's not important, but trying in a finals game. So where, where do you use it? Do you use it? So let's let's use David Carney on the weekend as an example. Okay, the ball comes off his hand, he puts it down on his foot and he puts it in the back of the net. Say so that ball doesn't go in the back of the net and Victory are running with it up there. Does it then, still come back for the free kick for the handball? There's no issue. Yeah, there's no issue. Yeah, you, you play, play advantage. advantage well, yeah. You play advantage. There, there's going to be a lot of nigglies to it and a lot of trial and error, but I don't think trialling it during... The finals campaign is the smartest move. Chris. Yeah, and one of the arguments against it is that it, it, it further removes professional football away from grassroots, as in you don't have goal line technology at grassroots. You don't have a lot of things at grassroots. You'd be looking to get a linesman on a Sunday if someone yeah. put down their beer, so you know, never mind, never mind anything to do with it. Don't worry about you know, the goal There's other things. We don't have a Ford official. You don't have, you know, you don't have all these sorts of things. So I don't really buy that argument if it's going to make I, I've always better. been an advocate of having. Two linesmen on each side. Yeah. And they they work kind of diagonally, like they're doing basketball. They work on it on the angle. So you've still got your your, your linesmen, but obviously you've just got that other set of eyes. So if it does well, happen over that side, the goals. yeah. Well, there's another one. But what what are they actually? You know, besides the the goal line. What else do they do? Ah, well, are they one are they? Of, one of them did give a penalty in the Euros, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was Romania. Somebody got a penalty in the Euros because the fifth official saw the foul and the referee didn't, and he called it. And everyone was still banging on, those fifth officials do nothing. They just gave a penalty. They do yeah. do something. Their, their, their authority is limited. I, I think I'd prefer a couple more sets of eyes rather than technology. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, that's a plan. Did you hear that? I did hear that. I'm trying to process it to... Uh, <laughs> to figure out if that's a better alternative to simply when the ball goes into the back of the net, you can get a replay well, on the big uh, screen in 30 once seconds. Once again, we'll bring it back to the Carney yeah. incident. Would that have been seen by a linesman on the opposite side? No. Probably not. Uh, no. Players obstructing the view. Not you from know. looking at it that way, no, because the ref was right in front of it. And and where, but where was, the, where was the linesman? It was further back. He was behind Carney, wasn't he? So if you had one, one opposite... Right behind him if, and there was one right behind the ref. And if you have one opposite Carney in front of him... Yeah, it's an option. Seen. 
But too many cooks in the kitchen, though. You know, you, yeah, you could that's be, exactly you, you what could I was be getting a little bit much. Too oh, many yeah. opinions. Yeah. One says one I, thing. I'm says sorry, but there's a there's a really big part of me that loves the shit storms. Oh, you take all that out. Yeah. I know it's your yeah. team got shafted, but you know these things, swings and roundabouts, they happen to everybody. I, I, I enjoy it when, when when they see a storm blowing up. Yeah, he, he handled the ball, and yeah, he scored a goal, and yeah, it probably was the decisive moment in the game. That's football, and part of the reason part of the reason I like football is because it's not perfect. It's yeah. not one hundred percent perfect. That's got merit, you know. So, so just be careful what you wish for. To an extent, bring some stuff in, but let's not kill the game either. Uh, the other thing I've got on the list is um, the mention of expansion. I know we've talked about it in depth previously, but just to touch on it again, because six clubs or, association, or associations have expressed an interest in joining the A-League. And talk of the criteria is meant to be confirmed early in the new year, with Tasmania particularly keen to get involved. Um, thoughts on that? Tasmania? Tasmania, yeah. Six toes? Well, it's been... <laughs> It's certainly been ignored by AFL. I think the only only real s- sporting code that's gone in there is cricket, which yeah. have uh, obviously their state side and um, the their big bash there, side. They're affiliated with, with the Tasmanian with the League. Tasmanian yeah. um, so there's potential there. There's people there that want to expand there. But again, I always go back to it. Do you ignore Canberra and give a team to Tasmania before you go to Canberra and give a team? That's why can't I think if um, what was that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> if Tasmania did come in, though, um, I think either Wellington, uh, sorry, um, Wollongong or Canberra, if they missed out, they could be feel a little bit hard done by. Well, I that's think what I'm saying. When we go to 14, yeah. baby steps, baby steps. Get two of them in now. Canberra and Tassie will be a start. I think. I think it'll be solid. Yep. Oh God, those two. Get them in. As I said, have 12 well, teams in the league. Derby for first Gory v Tasmania. Direct, How far is it? Get some direct places. How far is it? We gotta fly to Melbourne. Via Melbourne. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a, a direct route opened up. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the the talk at the moment is that we'll have some criteria early in the new year. Teams will then have something to aim for, and within the next couple of years, we could have some new teams. So exciting times. Um, we'll go on to the the final talking point is the Socceroos game playing you're heading over to Thailand as you previously mentioned Josh Risden and Kirk Norris in the squad it's a massive game for, for Australia a uh, really big one so I think we need a result the table at the moment Australia sits second they're two points behind league leaders or table leaders Saudi Arabia and then one clear of Japan and who are then one ahead of the United Arab Emirates yeah it's um, it's a, obviously a must win match um, Thailand sitting at the bottom of the bottom of the stack there um, we've got uh, UAE to uh, UAE to come, and is it Saudi? No, it's not Saudi Arabia. Away, it's Japan away. Um, so obviously, to stay in the mix, we really need to really need to win this one, and probably convincingly. Yeah, goals are definitely the, are definitely needed. Um, you know, Australia are, are doing okay. Scored six, conceded three, but this is a chance to to go to go 
you know, to boost those those stocks a bit. Thailand have conceded ten goals in four games. They've only scored one. So as long as you don't concede, it's a solid start. But um, well, yeah, I think in terms of of the table, this is a this is a game you need to be winning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, there's been a couple of couple of changes. Um, Jay McLaren in, will he start? Well, I think he will. I think it'd be Tommy Urich and Tim Powell bought out. I think Urich, uh, yeah, Urich has been um, ruled out. Cahill obviously wasn't selected. Um, did Gianu come into the sides? He was on the on the standby list. Um, probably a McLaren. Uh, probably a McLaren Burns. Maybe Leckie up front, four three three kind of setup. Cruz is here. Cruz. He's unfortunately Cruz is always um, 50 50 due, uh, due to his lack of game time. At, yes, he's um, been advised to try and find another club so he can get more game time to play. Correct. Um, unfortunately, he's another guy who's quite injury prone, which I don't think it's um, don't think it's helped him um, uh, get his game time like 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 he's probably deserved um, on his ability. Deserves to get a start. Show us what he's got. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's um, come. This is the time to show it. Proved himself at A League level. Proved himself at yeah. under under twenties level. The one thing we don't want is for soccer is to um, put the brakes on and think this is going to be an easy beat. And sometimes they do go in with that mindset, and that's, well, that's the, the only worry. Thing I'm afraid if they about. throw in new players and they don't get a win, there's some very easy scapegoats going to be available. Yeah. So they need to be mindful of that, not to not to take anything for granted, and, and you know go go full on, full tilt to get the win because those three points, they're three very points important. Yep. Yeah, they're very important three points. So they've got to be at their best, and no team is an easy beat. And that's the mindset they need to go in with. Blaine will be over there, so you can fill us in on the trip. On yeah, the yeah, I'll try and uh, try yeah, and get some uh, some things out there and give a, a full rundown next time I'm back in. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there for, for this uh, this podcast. As I mentioned earlier, we do have fans, and won't even ask for a shout out. Imagine that. Jeez. Imagine someone wants a shout out from us. So Matt Olson is leaving for twelve months, and has to leave football behind. Ah, oh, that's sad. sad. I don't always leave football behind. It's the world game. And we actually yeah, got a, It'll be on everywhere. It's not the AFL. You can't watch it anywhere else. <laughs> we actually got another person who gives a shout out, and that was uh, the younger brother of uh, Alex Grant. But he's going to have to score a cracking header if he wants a shout out from us. But Yep. So, um, Angus, get yourself in a purple shirt, get down to NIB and uh, tuck one away like your brother and, uh, and we'll give you a mention. Just one more thing, we'll be down at NIB Stadium next Friday night against Adelaide United for some fan engagement. You can find us at gate... Is it one? It's the main gate. The main gate. Is one? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I keep thinking it's three, but that's the other side. Sorry. Gate one, you'll find us there. There'll be all five, five of us down there on Friday night. Two guys with the cameraman and so forth so come and say hi and also listen out for our one-on-one uh, -on -one interview with Damien Murray yes we've got plenty of stuff in the pipeline coming up so the podcast is available to download from Audio Boom and iTunes so we thank Episode 90 again for all the support and, uh, and getting involved with everything that we're doing make sure to check out the social media accounts we're on Twitter it's far at FarPostPerth the Facebook page is also FarPostPerth and, uh, and that's pretty much it so until the next podcast enjoy football Thanks for listening to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com.
Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.